Expounded Universe, Season 8, Episode 7. Don't be sad, Joe. The book, Star Trek The Next Generation, X-Men, Planet X, by Michael Jan Friedman. Sorry for not mentioning that several times. Chapters 18 through 20, with your hosts, Jeff and John. Let's go! A person who would stick his dick through a hole in a shower wall has no honor. That's what I do. I press the button that says cloak. Such is my distaste for Cyclops. Anyone sees you fucking this statue, they know you want to fuck. Welcome back to X-Pounded Universe, the Star Trek and X-Men novel discussion podcast once. And then we're going to go back to Star Wars and stay there. This experiment was a failure, John. By the way, John's the co-host. Hi, John. Hi. Yeah, and I'm Jeff. John, uh, you failed me as a second in command. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, well, I'll go turn myself into the recycling center and you can get 25 cents for me or something. <laughs> oh, there's no way you've got that symbol on you anywhere. Oh, just you wait. You're not recyclable. Have you gotten that tattoo? Is that what it is? Yeah, I've got I, I got that like <laughs> five cents California tattoo on me. It's because you have no interest. You, you, you'd like to die, but you have no interest in letting your body help nature in any way. No. Just, no, please make me into car parts. Thanks. <laughs> Turn me into goo for industry. <laughs> Just a big tub of what's called industry goo on the side. Yeah, in- industry proof goo. Oh, it's well, now it's immune to industry. <laughs> no, no, it's got in- industry proof. Oh, okay, so it's industry grade goo. Yeah. Okay, that's yeah, it's industrial grade goo, which is pretty much what you are now anyway. So, <laughs> well, I mean... I don't know about that. Yeah, maybe you're aspiring to be industry-grade goo right now. Yeah. <laughs> Someday, if you work hard and believe in yourself and keep eating Mama Celeste pizzas. <laughs> if I work hard and keep eating, I don't know, asparagus or something. That'd just make your pee smell funny. Yeah. Do you have that, Gene? Do you have the pee smell funny, Gene? I don't know. You don't check? I don't know. See, I'm always... My ever- pee always smells funny and is red. Is that bad? Uh, No. No, that's fine. Especially, it's uh, it's opaque, right? And and a little chunky. Yeah. <laughs> like, you can see when it goes in the water, like, you can see that it forms, like, a thin line yeah. that, that lasts for a good 20 seconds, like a little coil at the bottom of the, t- the thing before it dissolves. Oh, yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Okay, just checking. Yeah, your pee's fine. Yeah, it's like a, like a bottle of ragu out my dick. <laughs> <laughs> and it seems like it gets harder when it hits the water instead of melting into it. <laughs> is that, is that One time m- a little guy came out. <laughs> Uh, from the bathroom he just was in the, he was in the shower he said hi yeah it was joe pesci and he began to rap at me <laughs> john's referencing the uh my, my attempts to divert away from doing the show for a few minutes today at the top of the hour uh by looking up the worst celebrity raps yeah i just wanted to see a list of terrible celebrity raps and, and we found them it turns out there's a joe pesci one called wise guy uh, that uh, honestly sounds a little better than the Hulk Hogan one. I was going to say, there were several that you played, and the Pesci one was better than all of the rest of them. Yeah, we listened to, what, we listened to the uh, Hulk Hogan one, which is probably more famous, and the Tom Hanks and Dan Aykroyd one from the movie Dragnet, Yeah, which is very rough. Oof. So the Pesci one sounds like at least it has some production value to it. Yeah, he had it, some it, guys come around. Also, it felt like he had a lot more hand in it, where the other ones were just like, yeah, I guess I'm a celebrity. You can use my voice for this. Whatever. What do I care? <laughs> okay, so uh, this is going to be chapters 18 through 20 of this Star Trek X-Men waste of space. I don't want to be too mean to this book, but goddamn, get to the point already. We're past the halfway mark, and this is going to be the episode where we meet the villain. Hey, 
at least we've prepared for this by reading all those shitty Star Wars <laughs> novels. So <laughs> we should be used to the fact that a book does not get to its point for at least halfway through. You got me there. Every single book we ever read is like this, except for that zombie one. I mean, at least in this one, they like have a cool space battle immediately upon meeting the bad guys instead of spending like 10 chapters talking to them. That's true. There wasn't a whole lot of posturing, which is actually kind of rare for Star Trek. Yeah. Okay, so uh, the first thing we're going to learn here is basically just watching Picard play catch up with us, the reader. Yeah, they uh, get out of warp and they're heading towards Jaldia. Mm -hmm. And that's when they find out, ooh, ooh, baby. There's a there's a ship here. Yeah, it's quite a ways out there, but there's definitely a vessel outside of Jaldia. And in, a, in an additional twist of problems for the crew of the Intrepid Enterprise, uh, there is no contact from the Jaldian homeworld. Yeah, they, they keep can't... trying to send out a signal and nobody's coming back no, to it. No them. one's responded to the radio hails. They tried the on-screen thing. They've tried the open a channel thing. They've tried varying subspace frequencies across all channels thing. <laughs> They tried a triaxillating retention band. They tried to just spin that knob and see if it landed on something. It's they, mostly static, though. They tried hitting it. <laughs> oh, I'm always trying to hit it. <laughs> yeah. And then quit it. Yeah, no, I get you. I, I got you. Mm-hmm. I'm up to speed. Uh, okay, so they're, they're about a few hours away from the planet of Maximum Impulse. And uh, the first thing that's happening, this is the way the chapter opens, is a description of Troy uh, trying to sense something on the planet or on the ship. And it describes her as having the perfect wrinkle of concentration on her impossibly chiseled nose or something like that. What? It wants to make her sound super hot or something. That might happen in one of these chapters. Maybe I don't remember which chapter it happens in. I don't know for sure. Ugh. Um. So there's a, but they do immediately know that there is indeed a vessel in orbit around Jaldia, and it's oh, a wow. vessel. What do you know? It is. It's a knot of concentration at the bridge of her delicately chiseled nose. Thank you for th- wow. finding it for me. Yeah, there we no, go. No, we get a little, we get a little horny for Marina Sirtis at the start, at the top of the hour here. I mean, come on, I who mean, isn't? I know, I know. Who isn't at least a little? I mean, most people are at least, I'd say, fifteen to thirty percent, just sort of background radiation horny for Marina Sirtis. Oh, I know. I mean. When she showed up in uh, Mass Effect, I was like, yeah, yeah, obviously. <laughs> now, personally, my, my that I've learned because I took some classes on how to run polygraphs. You have to learn immediately how to discard the 15 to 30 percent that would throw off your reaction, which is just the baseline how horny you are for Marina Sirtis. Yeah, uh, it's it's uh, it's what did you play in Mass Effect, by the way? Oh, she was uh, one of the business people in the first one. She was on that. Oh, OK. That business planet. Yeah, 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 that, yeah. that did business. Mm hmm. I was kind of hoping that she would have been What's-Her-Face from the second one, the one who owned the bar. No. I mean, she definitely was uh, one of them. Oh, yeah. One the, of that species. The, the blue ladies. The blue God, ladies. it's been so long the hand since I for hair. Effect. And, yeah. And, yeah, that's, uh, I don't remember which one she was, but she's not the one who's like, I am Omega. And you're like, aren't you just a bartender or like a bar owner, I guess? Yeah. No, I'm an information broker, and I guess I own this crappy... You know what? The, shut up. The satellite's a lot bigger than you think it is. It's just that you only get to see these two little rooms. Look, you got to buy the DLC. <laughs> Actually, that DLC with her is pretty good. When, like, there's a bunch of things. You get a lady, uh, what you call him, what, what, Garrus on your team, what, what the, whatever his species is. <laughs> yeah, you get a lady Garrus. I forget that character's name as well, as well as the name of the species. God damn, it has been too long. Yeah, it's maybe been a it's, very long time. Maybe it's time for a Mass Effect playthrough. Hell yeah, let's go back and just play Mass Effect 2 multiplayer. Oh, Mass Effect is the golden... The Mass Effect 2 is the gold standard. 
I think it got worse on three. But uh, unfortunately, multiplayer wasn't it multiplayer just three. Uh, that dumb, it? yeah, that that kind of wave shooter thing that. Oh yeah, and you could like unlock stuff with loot boxes and shit. Yeah, and I had a, I think I unlocked something really good, and then I played it for a while. Right as I was getting bored of the game, which is like a Volus guy. Yeah, you had a, a weird Volus guy. Mm-hmm. I was mostly a like pinball man who was just whatever that uh build was where you charge into people people are going to be completely scintillated by our f- failing to remember the specific oh, proper nouns there of Mass are Effect. people out there Chat. right now that are so angry mm-hmm. like they are just yelling yeah we definitely didn't plan this <laughs> we're not lying right now to Ugh. get a rise out of you <laughs> i want to be your friend <laughs> Uh, Shetman, I think this is what that famous guy says. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Shetland, <laughs> pony. <laughs> <sighs> this book's boring. Uh, so yeah, uh, they've got our sort of new crew stand-in people. So we've got uh, our Jaldian, who is there, and his friend. So it's Rager and Sovar. Yeah, Sovar is currently the guy running uh, security on the sta- on the uh, bridge. Rager is the ensign who's piloting the ship. Yeah, uh, and Robinson is actually the friend of Sovar, who I don't oh, believe, that's right. don't believe is well, currently on the deck. Yeah, Rager has shown up before though. Yes, no, Rager's definitely a guy who they keep mentioning the name of. So go ahead and get ready to see his corpse in a few chapters. Ah. <laughs> uh. His bloodless corpse. Mmm. All his blood's gone. Mm-hmm. Well, there's definitely one of those talented people down on the planet has the ability to steal blood. <laughs> well, anyway, there's a ship out there that's completely unfamiliar in design, and no one expected there to be a ship around here because, as Picard states, and Riker just sort of agrees with him for some reason, uh, this this sector of space, the only other impopulent uh, person living around, or people living around here, are the Breen. Yes, the Neil Breen are the only people around here making terrible movies. The Neil Breens live around here. We're in Vegas near a community college. <laughs> this guy's wearing a diaper on his head, and he's got a lot to say about politics. I've killed 800,000 of your humans today. In human terms, what I did is murder. <laughs> oh, man, if you haven't watched any Neil Breen films, don't. Don't continue to not watch. Just them. check out our one movie mastery episode where we bothered to review one of them. And God knows we've watched at least a couple more after that as well. <laughs> Have you watched more than one of them? Oh yeah. Oh, that's right. I've uh, I'd seen one before we saw that. Yeah, I've okay. seen at least two more. Have you checked out the new one yet? Have no. you seen Dirty Pair? No, I have not seen Dirty Pair. How is the Dirty Pair where Neil Breen got a green screen? Okay, how is well he's had a green screen since the previous one before that too? But how is Dirty Pair not the name of an '80s anime instead? <laughs> I mean, it probably is. I mean, it's, yeah, it sounds like it's about two space cops, not not about uh, you know Neil Breen and Neil Breen with a beard are a dirty pair. <sighs> anyway, so this is a ship they don't know what the hell it is, mm-hmm. but uh, it does have lots of weapons all over it. Yeah, they they scan the thing and they're like, all right, there's basically just a shit ton of weapons, and most of their energy is going towards that. Mm-hmm. Like sixty percent of the energy on that ship is just going towards guns. Yes, there's not much to be said here. Uh, there's no communication coming from the planet, and they just are going to have to wait till they get closer. Yeah. Meanwhile, however, Picard wants to go back to the ready room where all the X-Men, I guess, are just idly sitting around in there and explain the situation to them. 
Well, he goes to the lounge on deck seven. Oh, excuse me, the lounge on deck seven. I'm They're sorry. They're not all just sitting in his ready room all on the bridge. Trying to figure out what's up with that lionfish he has in a bubble in there. Yeah, all of them just staring at that. <laughs> Tapping the glass. Please don't tap the glass. <laughs> Please. <laughs> oh, God, I'm going to have to. He's going to have to have the replicator make him another lionfish. That's the third one this month. Uh Okay, so uh, so yeah, he goes to the lounge where they're all hanging out. I, don't, I didn't even know the ship had a lounge. I mean, this ship, as we have discussed, is, is a cruise ship. No, it's, it, no, it's got a yoga studio. It's all kind of, No, it, it doesn't. We're not on the D. We're on the Enterprise E right now. The Enterprise E is a way stripped down version of the Enterprise uh, D. It doesn't have all the same bullshit. Uh, so maybe the lounge is r- r- what 10 Forward used to be. Maybe. Hmm. But it says it's one of the smaller ones on Deck 7. Which means, does Deck 7 have multiple lounges? I, I or is get- that one of the smaller lounges, also it's on Deck 7? So, Enterprise D is, what, Galaxy Class? I think it's it's the... Nebula Class? I think it's a Galaxy Class cruiser, and it's the largest of the, all the Enterprises that were, like, in the original canon of the show. Yeah. And it was basically a fucking cruise ship. I mean, it had, like, tennis courts on it, and, and, and an entire aircraft carrier worth of spare shuttles. Mm-hmm. It was an enormous ship. When they lost it, I think during Generations... Uh, they give it. They get a new ship, the E, which looks similar, but it's Intrepid class instead of Galaxy class, and it's a warship instead of a Fun Times Ambassador carrier. Yeah. Well, I mean, once you uh, get invaded by the the Borg, and mm-hmm. you're like, oh, maybe we should actually have our flagship be like ready to fuck shit up instead of just farting around the universe carrying too many people that do nothing well they just uh, they took the wrong tack with the borg they kept fighting them instead of like adopting the hottest one and having her do a bunch of episodes about how she doesn't know what food tastes like (sighs) adopting the hottest one that's what happened (laughs) well they did hugh was the hottest one Uh, and then they also picked up four more Borg later and then dropped that down to just one. Some dude named Echeb who <laughs> you're just now remembering because I'm mentioning him. And you're like, oh, yeah, he was a boring addition to the, to the Voyager crew. <laughs> oh, yeah. Voyager <laughs> did a lot of dumb shit. <laughs> that guy's in a bunch of episodes. It's weird. OK, so uh, let's, basically we can open chapter 19 because we go right to Wolverine being like a vessel full of what, bub? <laughs> yeah. Picard's like, hey, so. uh I know you were interested in helping out. There is a weird, probably war vessel out here, and uh, because it, you're badass warriors, mm-hmm. I'm just going to let you know in case we need you to go fuck shit up. Yeah, and this is going to lead to what I, my favorite thing about this set of chapters, which is the X-Men laughing as they basically explain that the scale of shit that happens in Enterprise shows is bullshit. Mm. But they're like, wait, Troy can sense stuff from like hundreds of thousands kilometers, of kilometers away? Oh yeah, that's just how Betazoids work. That's they're like that's insane. Professor X has like a five mile radius unless he has the uh, the the helmet on. Yeah, he needs Cerebro to be able to detect anything more than a couple miles away. Yeah, and Troy at no point has to pop up and be like, "Well, I have to look at a picture of someone on screen and be like, oh, he appears angry, Captain." <laughs> Realistically, my power was basically cold reading. Uh, I mean, she doesn't. Yeah. She does that in this one where it's just, oh, there's a ship out there, and she's like, ooh. They're angry. Yeah. They're assholes, and mm-hmm. they hate you. Yeah, I guess you could pick those up, because they're probably pretty easy. But uh, they're like, okay, so there's a ship out there. We don't know what's in it, but it's like a warship or something, and it feels like it might be blockading the planet. And 
Storm's like, hey, can I come up to the bridge and take a look for myself? I just want to take a look at the ship. Yeah. And he's just like, yeah, fuck it. I'm sure that this is basically a good time for uh, a little field trip up to the bridge. Actually, I really like the wording here because it's Picard could not think of a good reason not to allow this. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know, maybe because that's a restricted deck to bridge officers. Picard th- couldn't think of a reason not to allow it because all the blood was in his penis. <laughs> Uh, a, a rising surprise. Uh, yeah, no, he he's like, I, I suppose so. So he's going to allow her to come on up to the bridge, which weirdly, uh, when she does a little bit later here, Rikers can be like, oh, no, 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 no. Get, 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 uh, n- none of that. No, no civilians. Well, I mean, he doesn't say that. No, but he's immediately off put. It's because we get a lot of Troy stuff yes, here. This is a shitload of Troy stuff. So the second she comes up there, Troy reads Riker going like, I don't like extra people on my bridge. The whole point of this is to just have uniformed officers. And occasionally, if someone's an expert in something, we'll bring on a civilian. Yeah. <laughs> We need uniformed officers and a bunch of ambassadors if they're interested. No, thank you. Very good, then, ambassadors. All right. Good. <laughs> uh, but but instead, Storm comes walking up, and Riker's like, I don't like this, instead of what Riker would be thinking, which is, I'm going to make time to plow her later. <laughs> Put it on my schedule. So uh, we also jump over to the new ship. Mm-hmm. that we have here. Oh, right. The, We're going to finally get to meet the bad guys. Yeah, we go over to the Khan Harakt and meet the high implementer of the Drakon, Rugasad Joe. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Did you say Rug of Sad Joe? I said Rug is Sad Joe. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's name is bad. I'm going to go ahead and say it. But first, I mean, first of all, his species is the Drakons. Yep. Which, come on, try harder a little mm-hmm. bit. Like, mm-hmm. like, like, it's like he tried real hard on the name and then not hard enough on the species name. Well, they were like, oh, what do we have? Some sort of like lizard people. We'll call them dracons. Yeah, you get it? It's almost like dragons. Yeah, it's close to dragons. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, this is almost as bad as when we ran into that species that called themselves the dungeons. <laughs> the dungeons. <laughs> I'm done, John. Oh, yeah, that's that's probably accurate. Right. Uh, so this guy, Rug, because his first name is like R-U-U-U-G-H. Yeah. Rug. <laughs> and then his last name is I Sad Joe. I Sad Joe. Uh-huh. Oh, I-R Weasel. And, <laughs> and he is the high implementor of the of the Conorocht, which apparently is just the guy in charge. Yeah, he's the person who's implementing its will or whatever. He's got a huge bulbous head, but so far we haven't gotten any much much more description than that. Uh, so there's a ship heading in, and the uh, Rug here is like, well, how, why is this happening? I thought I ordered you guys to stop all communication before they pre- could request assistance. But before he even gets to that, he's like, hold on, that doesn't appear to be a Jaldian ship. I've spent 30 cycles observing this Jaldian planet, and no ship of that specific description has made an approach towards the planet at any t- point during that time. And I've been very observant of the fact that the Jaldian ships don't look like this ship, so this is a confusing situation for me. I'm <laughs> definitely filling time. <laughs> uh, we get to see the second-in-command my nog yeah i don't get used to that name though because uh we're gonna we're about to see the tropiest trope that ever did trope yeah he's like oh i thought we destroyed all their communication satellites before they could get something off yeah we did well then what's this doing here i don't know 
And then he why goes, would I know that? And then he's like, well, okay. I can tell because of the uh, things you're telling me that you're not lying and that the fact that there's an enemy ship here is not your fault. So go kill yourself, but before you do, you're allowed to turn off your pain sensors. Yeah. Uh, great. Go go head over to the recycling center and uh, stop stop being in pain, though. Yeah, you can you turn off your primary pain receptors and go be recycled into a decorative vase. Yeah, I, I really want to know what they do. Because they call it the Recycling Center, and I need to know what happens. I think they just stick a banjo in her hands and then dip her in lacquer. <laughs> lacquer? Nail her to a I board. I barely know her. <laughs> uh, I don't know, but you know she she, flatter, she flutters her gill flaps in surprise and is like, thank you for the permission to turn off my pain receptors before I die. You are a truly wise commander. Truly, you're so wise killing off your second-in-command for something that you have actually realized is not their fault. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we just have to establish that this species plays by its own rules, and its own rules are stupid. Yeah, and he's like, Etatosia, mm-hmm. you're my second now, serve me well. Mm-hmm. And Etatosia's like, yeah, I guess, until you decide, I don't know, your coffee isn't as warm as you'd like, and kill me. Yeah, well, he's like, yeah, well, until I am no longer of use to you, sir. Uh, there you go. So we've finally gotten to meet our bad guys, the Dragon Mans. Yeah, uh, and they're, they're, they are very clearly itching for a fight as well mm-hmm. like every time we get something like "Ooh, i can't wait to blow up these interlopers and murder them and their ship is apparently absolutely bug fuck huge because it's bigger than the enterprise well eh. yeah uh well, yeah, well i mean yeah it's the enterprise e I, I keep forgetting this yeah it's hard to remember because you're so used to the tv show exactly in your mind you're thinking Oh, yeah, that giant fucking nonsense ship. Yeah, the love like, boat oh, of yeah, space. No. But, but instead, they're in a sleeker one. Uh, okay, so, yeah, that's what's happening with these gross monsters on the Conoract. And then it's just a bunch of bridge Troy stuff. Mm-hmm. So she's trying to figure out what their deal is, but they're still too far away for her to get a beat on them. Mm-hmm. And but, there's one guy, I think it's Rager, who just his holy, only job during this entire chapter is just to keep saying the number of kilometers they are from this oh yeah he's you know in charge of that yeah uh okay so yeah it's a lot of troy stuff as she's just spending her time trying to sense the psyches of these alien aggressors who's on that ship and what do they want yeah and this is when they figure out oh uh hey turns out all the uh communication satellites well they're gone Mm -hmm. like that's the reason we haven't been able to contact them so let's go put another tick in the these guys are probably not nice column yeah, no, these are definitely some bad dudes, and they're not the Breen either, which, you know, that would have been a bad enough dude. Yeah, this is nothing they've ever encountered before, mm-hmm. but for a species they've never encountered before, they have roughly similar ability as far as, like, engines go, and then they have Romulan disruption weapons. technology like the Klingons and Romulans. Yes, so they have disruptors, uh, but also their ship has an incredible amount of shielding and huge, powerful weapons that are disruptor tech. Yeah. There you go. And like I said, they have a ton of energy going to shields and weapons. Mm-hmm. Like, they're just there to fuck shit up, and they want to let you know it. Yeah. There's a point where the Jaldi, or not Jaldi, and the uh, Dracon ship scans the Enterprise, who's who has scanned the Dracon ship, like, in the last chapter. Uh, oh, they the, scan them right now, and are yeah. like, oh, there's 400 people on there. Yeah, it's a big warship, sir. And then they sca- get scanned in return, and Riker has to think, hmm, well, I guess that's fair. We did scan them. 
Mm. It's like, come on, man. Haven't a you been doing this scan for like... is nice. Yeah. <laughs> haven't you been doing this for like 12 years? Aren't you used to getting scanned by potential enemy warships? Yeah. I mean, or just anyone near you, because as soon as another ship sees someone else, they're like, hey, scan that ship. Yeah. Like, it's, it's just, you press the scan button. It's not complicated, so why not do it just to be sure? Yeah. Like, if you want to find out, oh, it turns out there's only like four people on that vessel and they're mm-hmm. hurt. You're like, great. It's a whole ship full of holograms, Captain. <laughs> I I scanned the whole thing. There's no life signs aboard. Oh, let's beam over. And then you beam over and holograms beat the shit out of you. Aw, oh, damn it. Ah, <laughs> welcome to hollow ship, bitch. <laughs> uh, okay, so, god damn it. It turns out there are hollow ships. They're in Voyager. I just did not know about them yet. And it gets worse and worse. <laughs> so, okay. Um, uh, so, yeah. They also managed to get through the interference of the planet to scan down and that's when they discover hey so there's also eight little mini versions of that ship down on the planet and they are all clustered in the exact same area and sovar's like oh no it's verdine so they realize yeah i guess they're after the transformed so now they're like all right well fucking did they know that this was going to happen? Did they cause this to happen? Have they just been watching this planet, waiting for them to get all fucked up and then come attack? I mean, I think obviously they did this somehow. Well, yeah. They seeded Jaldi. I mean, we don't get that actual info, but it seems pretty apparent at this point that since they've been hanging around waiting for mutants to develop on Jaldia, they are probably responsible for it having happened in the first place. Well, yeah, because the uh, I sad Joe was mm-hmm. like... Don't be sad, Joe. <laughs> Oh, okay. Okay, there you go. I happy Joe was uh, uh-huh. <laughs> on the bridge on the last bit with him mm-hmm. going, oh, and soon we'll harvest these things and then I'll finally have my rightful place. So I assume his uh, master plan is to get some mutants and enslave them and make them fight for him. Yeah, I don't know if it's like he runs an arena, a fighting ring of arena mutants or whatever, or if he's like, no, oh, I think I he's going to overthrow the government with mutants. It could be that. Or also, he could just be like, I don't even care about the government. I need that sweet mutant juice. <laughs> bring me that. Bring me that. Fresh. Put him in the recycling center. Yeah. We're going to squeeze these guys from mutant juice and then drink that because I don't know if you knew this. It's delicious. <laughs> it's so good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's uh, bit, they're automatically cold. At this point, the ship is. Again, given one more thing where they're like, oh, yeah, hey, hey, these guys are obviously bad. And Well, he- yeah. <laughs> Troy picks up their senses of them, and he's like, she's like, Captain, I can sense the aliens. They're brutal, belligerent. All they care about is power. Yeah. All all they want is 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 to get, get power, and they have contempt for everyone, and they consider everything unworthy. Oh, God. Goodness, Captain! Oh, I need to take a series of restorative tonics. Oh, oh, the vapors! <laughs> and this is a point for Storm to be impressed. This is when that happens. When she's like, "Wow, do you did you just?" Not only does Storm get impressed, but she walks over and starts giving Troy a back rub. She's like, "Wow, that was really good. Mm-hmm. You're so good at that. Hey, you want to come over sometime? <laughs> Let's go camping." <laughs> uh no this was the one thing that i did remember from this book when i read it many many years ago was that at some point troy does this and then they're like oh fucking xavier can't even do that shit Mm. you're rad you're so rad well basically what they're establishing over the course of this couple of chapters is that the the x-men are mind boggled by the scale that star trek stuff operates at 
where they're like, well, maybe Nightcrawler could just teleport over to the other ship. Yeah, the other ship is 300,000 miles away. No, he can't. Yeah, that's not going to happen. He can go some miles. Yeah. Not that. Yeah. So it turns out that having a bunch of X-Men on your ship would be great if you had better X-Men, but you pretty much got the worst X-Men for this situation. Yeah, you got uh, four melee guys. (laughs) One that controls weather in space yeah there's not a lot of that although the most recent movie did show us that storm can just like make ice and stuff in space yeah i guess why not okay sure uh i don't know if shadow cat when she's phased can just survive in space or not i think they probably established that she can't breathe but otherwise she can be out probably out in vacuum for a i would while. assume that like vacuum wouldn't affect you yeah but you also just wouldn't have any ability to do anything I, you, then again you shouldn't really be able to breathe if you're intangible either but hey well she's you know only, what whatever she's soft and tangible she always has been that's how she that's how come she doesn't just she's so soft well she's soft and tangible in that she's intangible with all the good parts and none of the bad parts well yeah like she doesn't just fall same. into the planet when she turns on her intangibility no it's the same thing for like oh you shouldn't be able to see if you're invisible yeah and that doesn't work Unless yeah, you're specifically like, reading one of those comic books by, like, Grant Morrison, who's like, ha-ha, did you know science? And I'm like, great, I don't care. I'm reading comic books. <laughs> yeah. So she has, first of all, her feet don't necessarily phase all the way, so she doesn't just fall into the planet. And second, she does sort of affect things when she's phasing, because she keeps fucking up electronic devices. Well, that's just because when she phases through it, the effect of phasing fucks them up. Mm-hmm, sure. Because the effect of phasing affects the real world. So we know that she has some effect on the real world in some place. It just happens to mostly give the effect of messing with electronic devices. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it's not like her molecules disappear. Mm-hmm. She just is able to move through things. Right. So what she does is she breathes the local amount of phased oxygen molecules that were already there. There's always some. Yeah, there's always some. Yeah. Some phased air molecules. Yeah. I mean... What else is going on in phase space? That's just where air goes. That's where the air is. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, I, I'm, now I'm wondering if, like, uh, Archangel can get out into space. I mean, or not. yes, and die. Let's <laughs> put a fucking helmet on him and call it a day. Yeah, just a helmet. <laughs> not even a space helmet. <laughs> just just a fucking skull cap and shoot him out into space. Hey, Let him have at He's got all kinds of apocalypse technology in him still. I bet he'll adapt. <laughs> yeah, he'll adapt to being dead. <laughs> Uh, okay, so of the X-Men that we have access to here, who was the most useful in space combat? I mean, in space combat, uh, I'd have to assume that I'd still probably go with Nightcrawler, because, like, Colossus is the and Wolverine are sort of the least, although I'll give it... I mean, come on, Banshee's going to be 100% useless in space combat. Oh, don't worry, I'll scream at him. No, you won't. You can't... You, there's no air to scream at you're, you're useless to scream at the air well i think we've already established that as long as he's phased he can scream at all that phased air <laughs> okay so if he works together with shadow cat shadow cat grabs banshee goes out into space and he yells through the phased air at someone hey, i never said there was phased air in a vacuum that's different <laughs> that although would, that would be silly structurally speaking there has to be because although because the phased air that would be on the deck of the enterprise would of course just go right through the walls yeah because it's phased air uh-huh well it can't get through the phased walls on the ship which is a uh, <laughs> phase walls yeah they, they exist parallel to the real walls yeah and they really they make shadow cat pretty worthless <laughs> i'll just go through this wall oh damn it there's a phased wall oh yeah quit trying to fuck up our electronics no quit it 
Use the turbo lift. That's why we have hallways, kitty. <laughs> uh, yeah, so by the time they actually get near them, uh, he's like, all right, uh, it's time to, I guess, open a, a hailing frequency, even though everything we've seen is, these guys are assholes. He's still going to be like, hey, man, what up? Hey, that's Federation policy. You got you, you can't just shoot first in the Federation. Especially this is a first contact happening right now. I mean they don't make mention of it, but that's what this is. Yeah, it's a species that they have no record of. Mm-hmm. And this is the first time they're talking to them, but they're mostly just like, All right, let's deal with these dick bags. Yeah. And uh after he's like, Hey, I'm Captain Jean Luc Picard of the USS Enterprise. Captain? Jean-Luc Picard of the USS Enterprise? Captain Jean-Luc Picard of the USS USS Enterprise. Enterprise. Captain (laughs) Jean-Luc Picard. Okay. (laughs) Uh, Isajo shows up and is like, hey, I'm the high implementer of the Conhorakt, and uh, fuck off or I'll kill you. (laughs) Like, that's... (laughs) That is the best way to start a conversation, because at least then everybody knows the deal. Yeah, I do like that we get a brief description of what these things look like at this point. A dark and formidable-looking visage. Its head is round and massive with bulb-like structures protruding from its forehead. Which, okay, so it's got forehead blobs. It's got forehead bumps, because it's, it's a Star Trek alien. Yeah, it's got a couple of forehead blobos, and it lacks... It has gills, and it's basically scaly. And it's necklace. They say it's a it's a necklace giant... Like Oh, yeah, it's a giant it's, necklace. It's just a scaly potato man <laughs> uh, with leathery skin Balls. and eyes yeah it's sort of just a lizardy necklace potato monster yeah and they're here to fuck shit up uh-huh and indeed they shall yeah so next chapter picard just kind of responds to that with yo uh nah yeah he's like we have no intention of going back where we came from not until we've we've uh, checked to see if the jaldians are okay oh well that sucks anyway bye uh-huh. i'm gonna kill you yeah so what he's just like, no, I'm not going to do that. That's a terrible request. Don't make that. And they're like, okay, turn off the, the the thing and start shooting beams at the Enterprise. I will say this. I was expecting more because this book, of course, has been fairly wheel spinny. Oh, the fact that we didn't get into like some weird negotiation with them. It's just like, hey, leave. No. All right, let's fight. Yep. Yep. It's a uh, it's a pretty straightforward altercation between these monsters and the Federation, which, again, this is a first contact. It should be it, Picard should be trying harder. Nah, I guess he's just tired. I mean, come on. He's got to impress Storm. She's on the bridge. Mm-hmm. So he's like, yeah, well, we'll we'll beat you up then. Uh. Uh, yeah yeah our ship's bigger than your oh no wait no it isn't. oh wait no not <laughs> anymore on. damn it i uh. keep thinking we're on the other ship <laughs> uh so he's like oh there we, we're being fired upon activate picard delta and then he gets interrupted because he gets flipped off his ass by being hit by beams yeah they get blastoed and after that he's like yo report uh well we've taken hits to several decks and our shields are down 88 percent yeah, their shields are at twelve percent right now, and, and after one hit, yeah, this is like when you when you're uh, playing an old World of Warcrafty game and you pull an elite monster and you didn't notice. Oh yeah, you like, oh, I'll fight that guy, and you didn't realize, and you're like, oh no, oh, oh fuck, me. oh he hit me for three quarters of my health. Ah, goddamn. Ah, okay, okay. Oh, where's where's my panic button? <laughs> nah, shadow melt, shadow melt. Come on, <laughs> and vanish. <laughs> 
Yeah, no, this is uh, it's a bad moment for them. I-, I like that they're immediately getting tossed around because, you know, Star Trek lasers. Whenever yeah, you, whenever that's you, what happens. Yeah, your ship just goes flippy-floppy all over the place. because even if, even if the beam is just disrupting molecules of things because it's a disruptor, they're still like, oh, man, that hit. There was impact to that shot. It kind of makes me hope that Storm watched all that shit happen because, you know, Storm's always just like about one foot off the ground. <laughs> like, that's just her default state is just sort of hovering there. And she's like, wow, this ship's all fucking flippy floppy. What'd you guys do? Should- I thought this thing had shock absorbers and shit, so it didn't like, con- you weren't constantly like this. Yeah. You know, just from flying around in space. You'd, you'd think a, a space vessel would mm-hmm. be better at, you know, moving around in space. Oh, no. This is a visual representation to let the audience know we're being hit. <laughs> also, our consoles are rigged with bombs to make everything more sporting. <laughs> <laughs> Don't I mean, worry. They do it, too. I mean, that's... <laughs> That's what, that's the thing that's always bothered me the most about Star Trek is you always know the space battle's bad because someone's computer explodes and kills them. Yeah, that's my favorite. I'm like, <laughs> man, it's got to suck if you're one of those people who's like, oh, I'm just here hitting a button and then all of a sudden my iPad exploded and killed me. It's like, just don't put explosive material in those things. What are you guys doing? What What is the power surge that is happening that is making this console explode? Oh, you've shaken our console too heavily. You know it runs on one of those old-fashioned round bombs. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I I also like that when that happens, you're like, oh, yeah, this console blew up and killed a guy, and now he's over there with, like, a burn on his face. Someone else sits down on it, and the con- the console's fine. <laughs> they just get back to work. <laughs> like, someone else sits down and is like, huh, that guy's dead. Anyway, beep, boop, nothing has happened to this console. I don't know what exploded and killed him. I mean, part of it is that every console on the station of the enter- on the deck of the Enterprise can be routed in the other console. So they can they can just be working at the next one over, the one that didn't blow up. <laughs> no, I mean the ones in the front. I know, it's true. Oh, the two seats in the front. Yeah. That's right, because every once in a while, the two, the, uh, the, I don't know, con... The con stations just explode on people. Yeah, you get a whole lot of nameless red shirt guys that just blow up when they get hit, and then yeah. someone else runs to the front of the ship and sits down. And then when everything settles, they go over to the dead guy, and they put two fingers on his neck, and they're like, ah, Ensign Smarty Pants, who just joined the ship yesterday, has died. What a shame. Mm-hmm. I'll call his mother. <laughs> oh, <No>. bitch. <laughs> <laughs> someone help me shove him out the window. Uh, So... They get super fucked up by this ship, and then they're like, great, target all our photon torpedoes and lasers. Fire! Did that do anything? No, it didn't even notice it. Yeah, it turns out that uh, this thing is seriously dangerous, and so they finally get the rest of Picard's order for evasive maneuvers out. He would like to do Picard Theta Epsilon or something like that, and then the ship starts flying around while getting torqued by uh, the, the Dracon vessel. I do like that apparently... The Dracon vessel is not great for shooting lasers. I feel like their weapons have to be more fixed than, say, the Enterprises. I can just shoot a laser 360. Oh, yeah, with its disc-based laser system. Because when they start doing their evasive maneuvers, it actually works. Yeah. They're like, oh, yeah, as long as we're turning this way, they can't shoot us. Normally in the Star Trek shows, evasive maneuvers is just a fun joke you tell at the beginning of any given fight. Well, especially if you're in the old-timey cruise ship. You're like, evasive maneuvers. (laughs) just slowly (laughs) just drift slowly to the right sir i can't track them they're turning it two to three miles an hour (laughs) (laughs) they've come to a dead stop and they're just rotating in place (laughs) uh at least i guess the new 
Enterprise has some some get up and go doer. It must have a little more fart juice. Uh, I mean, certainly other Star Trek vessels that are like half the size of it or smaller do the same thing. They're like put it put uh, what the defiant and evasive maneuvers. All right, well. I guess we'll very slightly bank to the right. <laughs> All right, go. somebody get out and start rowing to the left. Oh, wait a minute. All this is done by laser targeting from omnidirectional laser gu- guns, isn't it? Why are we doing this? It should just be you sit here next to each other and see who has more missiles. I mean, the nice thing is, at least a lot of things do have actual, like, not 360 degree. Like, the Defiant itself has just cannons. has forward-facing cannons. Yeah, it's got forward-facing cannons and missiles. And tactically, you know that thing on the front of the Defiant, the little... The thing oh, looks, yeah, the, the mast. It looks like a cockpit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, the thing on the front, you know, the Defiance, it's basically a flying saucer with a, with a thing stuck on the front, right? Yeah. You know that thing is not the bridge? The bridge is on the middle of top of the ship, just like it is on every other Enterprise vessel. Yeah. That thing is just a big thing that can fall off the ship and fly forward if they wanted to. It's just a big bomb. <laughs> it's good. We've strapped a giant bomb to the front of our ship. Yeah. Well, that should can, help. They can load it with whatever they want. It's supposed to be like in an emergency situation. You shove a bunch of photon torpedoes in that thing and then just launch it at the Borg cube or whatever. Great. Mm-hmm. Uh, but even though they are evasive maneuvering, they still get hit a second time. And at that point, shields are gone. Yeah, they have no more shields. And and uh, Picard has ordered data to scan the uh, ship for any signs of weakness or anything, which is very standard Starfleet move to be like, oh, hang on, data, data, discover some bullshit we can use. <laughs> data, look at the ship and tell me where I can hit them. Hmm. Where's the glowing part? <laughs> <laughs> Somebody cast scan. <laughs> And Data's like, sir, they're weak to, to lightning attacks. Ooh, lit three. Fire. <laughs> Fire lit threes. <laughs> well, it turns out in this case, they don't put very good shields over their own engines, because I guess they're dummies. Well, they're, they're just like, all of it is going towards battle station shields mm-hmm. and weapons, and not a whole lot is going to the back of the ship, because they're like, oh, we're just going to fly at a dude and fuck their shit. Yeah, at least in this case, it wasn't like, well, Captain, I've detected that if we triaxillate a Polaron surge, we'll scatter their shield frequencies. Instead, it was like, ah, they don't have good shielding on their ass. (laughs) They've put all their uh, power to the front shields, so if we shoot them from behind, it'll work bad. They left their ass out in the breeze like it's a late model Fast and the Furious movie. (laughs) They left their ass out in the breeze like they're wearing long johns and they got a dookie. (laughs) They got that flap in the back for when you have to make oopsies. Have you ever actually seen a pair of underwear or, or long johns? Or have you ever seen a pair of underwear in your life? <laughs> I haven't. Like such as. <laughs> no, have you ever seen long johns with or uh, the the underwear with the flap? I mean, I've seen long underwear, but I don't think I've ever seen the long underwear that has flap. The flap. So I, I think it has to be a single, like a onesie, right? Like it has. Oh, it is. Because otherwise, why have the flap when you could just pull them down? Well, yeah, but you don't want to pull them down because that's when you're like, I'm wearing this, and then I got to go to the outhouse, right? So it's super cold. I'm going to keep the long johns on and then just dump out the back. Listeners, if any of you own an, an item of clothing that has the butt flap, please write in. Let us know. Let me know. Send, send that via letter only, written post mail. <laughs> you can send that in to Scruff McGruff, Chicago, Illinois, 60652. <laughs> uh, I just really want to know. I've never seen a pair with a butt flap, but I'm, maybe that's just because I'm a California boy and we don't have to wear nothing. Hell, I ain't got pants on right now. Hell, it's a party. I've been naked the last four years. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. We only wear clothes at conventions. You can't prove us wrong. (laughs) Uh, So they managed to get around behind it after just getting absolutely wrecked. Mm -hmm. They do shoot the, uh, the engines, and they blow 
one of the four of them up. Mm -hmm. But that still leaves the other ship able to move around. And they're like, well, fuck. Well, weirdly, the thing is they blew up one of their warp engines. They use the term like, oh, one of the warp nacelles on this thing is blowed up. I'm like, well, yeah, but they're not at warp. They're flying around with impulse power. What are you talking about? Yeah, but I mean, I I figure if you blow up one of the nacelles, that's going to fuck up a lot of your shit. I mean, yes, it will. But the warp nacelles are one very, they're very specific things. They're different than the impulse engines. Your ship has both of those things. Mm, mm, mm. Anyway, this didn't work. So they're moving on to plan emergency. Oh, fuck, which is let's see what X-Men can do. Yeah, I like <laughs> they're like, ooh, data, give me some bullshit. We can pull ourselves out of this situation. All right, uh, shoot this. Do it. Hey, that didn't work. <sighs> Captain, maybe if I sing them an Irish sea shanty. Ah, get off the bridge. <laughs> <laughs> Banshee, get out of here. Banshee, you, you, you. <laughs> we got Banshees in the wiring. <laughs> Weasley. <laughs> <laughs> uh, of course, Banshee is a Weasley. Oh, yeah, that makes perfect sense. Yeah, he's got it? red hair. He is a redheaded, uh, annoying person hiding in the walls and... And having crappy magic. Yeah. I like how every time Weasley's like, oh, I have to wear this extremely shitty old gown because I'm poor and shit. And I'm like, don't you know a fuckload of magic? Or <laughs> in worst case scenario, another a group of other people who do. And also, your friend is the richest person alive. Yeah. That's every, the one that gets me every time. That's the worst. Because yeah. when he's like, oh, I've got to wear this this gown that looks like it was made 57 years ago by a blind person using only scraps that it they found. It looks like I have to wear a red mop to this party. And, and fucking Harry's just like, well, I'll be wearing this $50 million tuxedo. I'm going to burn it afterwards. Did, did you know I need two banks just to hold all my my specific money? Hmm. Weird, right? Anyway, wizards. Uh. <laughs> what you going to do? <laughs> Sucks. I kind of th- that always bugs me because they set that up only in the first book. And then Harry's insane wealth is never really relevant again. It's a shame because... You'd think at some point you'd be like, oh, you know what always works? Being rich. Yeah. Solves basically 99% of your problems. It just goes in the bin with a time twister, like where it's like, oh, this is a great idea for this one book. And then, oh, shit, this is inconvenient. Oh, <laughs> you know what? It just never happened. Oh, oh, this would ruin everything. Never mind. <laughs> How can I do all these Ron is stupid poor stories if I have... I mean, the only way it works is if Harry is a dickhead. Oh, yeah. Harry's just hanging out at their house. and He's like, hey... Thanks for putting me up here. I wouldn't want to spend any of my vast fortune to get a hotel or something. <laughs> I wonder if it, like we're just forgetting the part in like the second book or something where someone steals all of Harry's money. No. no. He always has that money. <laughs> He's just sitting on it. <laughs> what an I ass- think he forgets about it. What an asshole. I mean, I guess Ron's just got his pride where he's like, I guess I could ask me mate to give me some of his insane fortune because he won't even notice it. But a Weasley has his pride. No, that makes sense. But the fact that Harry doesn't even bother to be like, hey, man, can I get you like some pants like (laughs) my dude? Just like some regular pants. I could buy you pants, not even like expensive ones, just a decent pair of pants. (laughs) Solomon Grundy want pants, too. Oh, shit. Now you've seen the reason why he doesn't just buy Ron some pants. Because Solomon Grundy's always around, hanging out in the floorboards, waiting for someone to buy him pants. Him and Banshee just down there, pantsless. (laughs) Just out there, porky pigging it. Uh, so yes, they kind of look at the X-Men and are like, all right, anybody 
got some shit they could do. Hey, Nightcrawler, do you think you could jump over there real quick and fuck their shit up? Yeah, and now, in the middle of a pitched and dangerous space battle, we have to pause everything. I'm pretty sure they have to call the the, uh, the Dracon and like, hey guys, hold on, hold on. Hey, need- can you not turn around and kill us? Can you sit still for just a minute? We're going to have a long discussion involving a lot of pull-down charts about how Nightcrawler's powers work. Oh, of course, yeah, yeah, coffee break, coffee break. Oh, yeah, obvious. Mm-hmm. We'll just uh, we'll use that old fashioned punch out machine and then sit under a tree, Sam. <laughs> yeah. So now, Storm and Nightcrawl and everything are like, okay. Well, here's the thing. Uh, Kurt can't jump more than like a couple of miles at a time, and also he usually needs to see where he's going. And if it's a place he's not familiar with, then there's a chance he'll just materialize inside of some shit and die. So. And also, (laughs) when other people go teleporting with him, it's really disorienting, and they often get very sick. You can't send him alone because he's not from space times. Yeah, he's not going to know what to destroy. You're like, hey, go destroy the whatever. I don't know what that is. You'd think they'd just be like, okay, here's what you should do. Teleport over there. Leave behind this little box that Data's going to give you. Teleport back. The box is a bomb. There you did it. That or, hey, here's what we're going to do. We can't use the transporter to put you in their ship, but we can transport you to basically right where their shields are, and then you can jump in. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, he'd have, like, one... You'd just put him in a spacesuit. Exactly. Why not? They but have no. those. Nope. Hmm. Instead, after Storm is done explaining, like, yeah, no, this is a terrible idea. You'll basically just murder Kurt and whoever decides to go with him. Uh, Kurt yeah. himself goes... I'll do it. Fuck it. I'll if you can get try. me close enough, I'll try. Yeah. Because the ship's going to blow up if I don't anyway. So I got nothing to lose. Yeah. He, he's, so he's up for it. Uh, and then they're like, well, yeah, but whoever we send you over with is going to just spend their time barfing. And Picard's like, not if I send Lieutenant Commander Data. He's a robot. He doesn't get sick, you know, unless he needs to for that particular plot line. He doesn't get sick and he doesn't judge me. Lieutenant Data loves me. <laughs> That's why I gave him one of the non-blowing up consoles. <laughs> the only one. <laughs> up yours, Wesley. <laughs> uh, so at that point, they're like, all right, so here's the deal. Not only would we have to get like within a couple of miles, which is basically like that's practically in space. That's touching in space terms. Yeah, that's like their shields are rubbing. Yeah, the shield alley fraught. So not only do we have to get real goddamn close, but we need to have Nightcrawler study the scanned layout of the ship so he can at least somewhat know where he's going to go. And we have to keep pace with their ship Mm -hmm. because it's moving and a moving target going through space at (laughs) ridiculous speeds is going to fuck his shit up, too. So we have to basically stay steady with them. My question, and this is just me wondering about mutant combo powers, is he can teleport more than one person at a time, right? He just doesn't He doesn't like to, but he can. Mm. Why doesn't he just also take Shadowcat, who's currently phasing the group of them? And that, then they can breathe phased oxygen. Well, no, it's just that, that it doesn't matter if they end up in a bulkhead. <laughs> They'd just be phased into a bulkhead. They'd just come out the other side and be like, there we go, we're, we're where we need to be. Yeah, well. Like, you, you, you'd think that... that uh, Nightcrawler and Kitty would have figured that shit out earlier. Yeah, I mean, you already have the fastball special. You may as well have the fuck it who gives a shit teleport. The I ain't afraid of no walls ability. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it's because she can't tell it. She'll get sick. 
Oh, yeah. That's she'll the, teleport over there and then immediately stop phasing because she's sick. Yeah. And then they both die. Well, she'll just throw up some phased barf and they'll just fall out of the ship. It's fine. <sighs> well, do you th- how long do you think her barf stays phased before it comes back? <laughs> like, like these are the questions that we need. That we're, this is the reason. These that are the voyages. This is why it's so sad that Stan Lee is dead, because these kind of questions we could have asked him. We could have been like, look, Stan, if Shadow Cat is phased and throws up, does the throw up stay phased and drift off into the ether, or does it rematerialize once it has left contact with her body? And and you know what? Follow up question. Same thing, but her pee. <laughs> In fact, I have I, I have several pages about of questions about Kitty Pride's pee. So I have several pages of questions about X Men's urination. If you could just. <laughs> Give me a moment. <laughs> if Nightcrawler eats a lot of asparagus, does his pee smell like brimstone? <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, if Colossus goes to take a pee and he's in his metal form, uh, does it come out as metallic? Because his whole body turns to metal. No, but it's super strong. It, it, he uh, he can't pee in metal form without blasting a tiny <laughs> hole through the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Quick question, if uh, Colossus turns into metal form, can he get an erection, or is blood not powerful enough to then move his metal dong? Oh, no, he was born with a secondary mutant power that is one of those penis bones found in most other mammalian species. Oh, thank you. Mm-hmm. A baculum, I think they're called. Yes, the Scott baculum. He has a Scott baculum, which enables him to get powerful metal boners. <laughs> Good, thank you. This is what I needed to know. Uh-huh, yeah, yeah. Any further questions about X-Men's P? Oh, yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. Why Banshee? <laughs> <laughs> Why, Banshee? Banshee uh, pees normally, but extremely loudly. <laughs> Just cannot. You can, you can really he, hear it in every room of the house. Yeah, when he goes to pee, he he doesn't even try to do the the silent pee. Uh-huh. He doesn't aim for the rim. He is going dead center water, and uh-huh. it is loud. It's ridiculous. Everyone in the house is like, oh, damn it. Banshee's peeing again. <laughs> uh, so, yes, their plan is to... Keep pace with the enemy ship, mm-hmm. have Nightcrawler teleport Data and himself over there. They're going to sabotage the shields, so when the shields are down, they can then transport a whole bunch of other people, basically just squads of people with various X-Men. Yeah. Now, the question being, of course, being why bother sending a bunch of uh, Federation people over there to get engage in a ground fight? If you can strip the shields off that thing, why don't you just teleport all of the people who are on that ship to your own brig? Or, I don't know, space, just a space. Just just space. Just put them in space. <laughs> if you get their shields down, you can teleport them whether they want, or transport them whether they want it or not. So just load your brig. Yeah, well, I mean, or there's 400, so even if you don't have room to hold all 400 people on that vessel, you can transport everyone on the bridge out, mm-hmm. transport your own crew in there, take over the ship, <laughs> uh, you know, just send data in there, turn off life support for this ship, and then teleport out. <laughs> Uh, uh, these are the questions of the Starship Enterprise. Yeah. It's but- continuing mission to ignore the ridiculous power of the transporter. Uh, but yeah, that's their plan. We don't get to see the uh, action of this. Just the very end is them going, all right, yeah, sure. Apparently, I, Nightcrawler, have enough time to study the great works of history and also their... <laughs> Study the great works of the masters, all for the low price of two eighty nine ninety nine. <laughs> Beep yeah. boop boop boop. Yes, I can understand you. I'm Leonard <laughs> Leonard Nimoy. <laughs> oh uh, my god! I feel like we should just do a bonus content episode entirely about that infomercial. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we apparently blowing up that one nacelle was enough to make them 
limp, I guess, because at this point they're barely able to move because they've been able to make a plan and hash out exactly what to do. Then they've got to get Nightcrawler to study the plans of the other ship. And then, of course, they need to get uh, all the crewmen ready who are then going to transport over there because they need to meet up together instead of just being transported from wherever the fuck they are in the ship to over there. Absolutely true. And yeah, hi, uh, question again for the ghost of Stan Lee. You mentioned, you mentioned limp. I'm really curious when night, when uh, Colossus is in his metal form, is he flaccid and limp or is it just like a metal statue of a dick, like sort of a metal statue of uh, David down there? I mean, it depends on what he is when he goes into it. Uh huh. I mean, I'm just saying, if he's like, let, let's say he transforms into his metal form and he is flaccid and ropey, uh, d- does it does it stay with any kind of flex to it? Like, can you just punch it around like a tetherball, or or is it hard like a like a little metal statue oh, of a snail? Yeah, okay, he yeah, can yeah. still move it. Oh, okay, he can look, but it would take super strength. <laughs> it takes so, super strength. You know, the Hulk move. could jerk him off, but uh-huh. <laughs> well, I mean, again, we're talking about a flaccid guy here, so I don't know if he'd get jerked off at all. But and uh, would the would the Hulk be interested? Follow up question. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> follow up question does the hulk want to jerk off colossus <laughs> okay i'm going to take that answer off mike but i do have a secondary question what happens to his balls uh could you be a little more specific mm-hmm. thank you thank you yeah uh long time listener first time caller <laughs> what uh, about the balls <laughs> i would love to just call into any radio station <laughs> just like, do that hi long time listener first time caller what about the balls okay i'll take that answer <laughs> off the air they just hang up on <laughs> It's a real shame there aren't enough Zoo Crew morning DJs enough, uh, anymore to do that to. I know. I can think of like one, mm-hmm. and that's about it. And then it's so easy to get past their vetting. You have to be like, yeah, I just want to ask them about sports or whatever. Yeah, hey, I uh, I really love their radio station, and I, I think that maybe they didn't get a thing right, and I want to talk to them about it. Yeah, I think my wife is cheating on me with my husband. Uh, I want to tell them how great I think football is. <laughs> oh, man, you... You're the best caller ever. Oh yeah, I'm God. very stupid. Oh, perfect. <laughs> I'm incredibly dumb, <laughs> if you would, please. <laughs> also, know that I will overreact to anything that happens. Yeah, I, uh, I have you ever called into a radio station? I have. Have you been on the show? I have. Yeah, uh, I did that once. When it was like uh, some old Zoo Crew show here in San Diego. They were running this weird promotion where they were they had put a bunch of people on a roller coaster downtown or down in uh, down by the beach, and it was like whoever's the last person to get off the roller coaster wins a car. Yeah, and they were making it worse and worse because you know no one was getting off the roller coaster. Yeah. It's not. It was just the Dipper. It's not a very exciting. Ro- so there was, it was just an eight hour day job for these people, and so they were asking people to call in and give suggestions about what they should do. And I was like, you should make them breathe through snorkels. Because then they'll hyperventilate and die. And they were like, well, that's a terrible suggestion. You're a dumb kid. Ugh. I was like, I also think they should have to inflate a balloon on each one of their trips. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We know. You you want people to die from breathing problems. Don't, <laughs> don't call us. We understand. You're evil. We get it. <laughs> well, I was just b- tired of it. I wanted to go back to playing some music every now and then. Every now and then. Yeah. Uh, I also called into a way with words once hmm. and got on. Uh, hmm. I, I asked the question why... Uh, banshee why ba- what's up with banshee's balls hi <laughs> if i could why banshee yeah no i i asked him if there's a reason why english you can cut all the words out of a sentence and then people still get it but you can't do that other languages because mm-hmm. like you know whenever you see like you're on a bus and you see the english and then the spanish description it's like pull the cord stop bus versus if you would like to pull the cord you must stop you, you, you will stop the bus at this time for you and i'm like can you just pull all the words and just put the spanish words for pull cord stop bus turns out no you can't 
<laughs> no, that makes no sense. Other languages don't work like ours, where you can just ruthlessly, efficiently make a sentence out of nothing. I mean, there are... You could do a German. I was going to say, yeah. with Russian especially, there's a lot of get rid of anything that's like an identifier. Mm-hmm. You can also kind of do that with Japanese, where you're like, I don't need to say who I'm talking to. Like, I don't need to say pronouns. I don't need to say the mm-hmm. or to. I can just real rapid fire get some shit out there. But yeah, I don't need to hear this from you. I heard this from Richard Letterer. <laughs> <laughs> and you, sir, are no Richard Letterer. It's how many books have you written about uh, children making mistakes when writing history papers? Only two. Oh, damn it. <laughs> well, there you have it. That's the episode. Wait, you also called in. What did you do? You just request a song or something? Oh, yeah, I just requested music. Okay. When I was a teenager, I loved requesting music because I would then tape things off of uh, the radio for my own personal mixtapes. Good Lord, you were poor as a kid. How come you didn't have your own Harry Potter friend? <laughs> I did, and he didn't give me any money. <laughs> son of a bitch. Son of a bitch. <laughs> it's cool. He's dead now. So uh, It's cool. He turned into a dwarf, and I think he lives in a mountain. <laughs> I, I, what? <laughs> yeah, he got a big bushy beard and decided to become a dwarf. Oh, okay. I don't know this reference. I'm excited about it, though. No, it was just my friend. My friend who got oh, a big bushy you, beard. You actually do have a friend who decided to go live on a mountain and be a dwarf with a big bushy beard. Yeah. And he was rich in the first place. Yeah. Okay, very good. This is I thought you were making a reference to a no, something. It is literally my friend who got himself a big bushy beard and went to go live out, has no contact with anyone, and it's great. You know my good friend, late seventies Brian Blessed. <laughs> He kind of looks like a short bride blessed. I'm not going to lie. Oh, that's awesome. Now I want to meet this guy. It's little Jake. You have. Oh, interesting. He didn't have a beard when I met him. No. Okay. Now he looks like a tiny red bearded Brian blessed. <laughs> All right. Well, folks, thanks so much for listening to, uh, you know, that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you all wanted to know that. Mm-hmm. I, I also called and requested songs from time to time. They always told me no. Uh, hey, can I request a song? No. You know, it was always like, can you play uh, Super Rad by the Aquabats? And they'd be like, I think we might have that. And just hang up at me and play Beastie Boys again. <laughs> well, this is the all Beastie Boys all the time. Station <laughs> for you. It's the standard San Diego, almost kind of racist radio station where it's like, we play the greatest rock hits of everybody and one hip hop album. And I bet you can guess who, who it is. <laughs> it's these white Jewish New Yorkers. Ah. <laughs> <sighs> Good. Yeah. And then, uh, uh, never mind. Anyway, so uh, thanks so much for listening. That's been another episode of Expounded Universe. If you want to hear yet more, then tune in to Expanded Expounded Universe, our bonus content podcast that exists adjacent to this show, uh, which is two bucks to unlock. Two on bucks, our pa- two bucks, two bucks. Two bucks, two bucks to unlock on our Patreon, system master- patreon.com slash system mastery. Got it in one and a half. You did it. By God, you got there. I've only it's had not that about Patreon. the destination, it's the journey. It's only, I've only had that Patreon for five years now. You'd think maybe I would know the, the web address. Meh. But uh, indeed, I do not. Anyway, you can find that once again at patreon.com slash system mastery, or you can support us by buying our book. <laughs> it's called Dragon Walks Into a Bar. You can buy that. On, you can pre-order it on Amazon and anywhere fine books are sold. And it's a book of role-playing game jokes, and you should buy it. You should. You should. You should buy it. You should All right. Just, you should just buy our book. Great. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. We'll see you in soon. In soon. (laughs) (laughs) Well, everyone, I'm the best there is at what I do. (laughs) And what I say is the thing it is. (laughs) 